0: Okay, so hopefully that's on and clear. I want to tell you, it's just so good to be back home. I wish I could bottle what we have here and export that to the nations. Tonight, once again, we've, I've just appreciated so much being amongst you guys. You're a special, special bunch of people. And Azalea and myself, we love you. We, 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 we're at home when we're here. And I can't wait to see what God is about to do in and through all of you. God has got a plan and a purpose for you. What you've, what you've experienced up till now is nothing in comparison with what God has for you. So I'm just, tonight might not be a teaching per se, but it's a teachable moment. And I'd like to share some of the experiences we had. We weren't fortunate enough to be on video. The fact that we were in Switzerland didn't make the cut. (laughs) But you've got us in, in, in person. So I wanted to say that what I noticed was when Sherman spoke, Sherman said that they saw a miracle, that a woman walked into the church with a moon boot, and she walked out of the church without one. And if that's, then that is a miracle, so then then I've seen a miracle as well. Um, I saw a woman walking into the church with a phone, and walking out of the church without it. (laughs) But please don't do that. Please, please take care of your belongings. I just had to write down some of this stuff because there were so many things. If I had to share everything that happened, uh, we'll be here all night. So I'm just going to give you some highlights on what we had on the other side. Um, first of all, I want to thank this church for your support. Thank you for praying for us. And I want to remind you that when people go to the nations and you praying for them, that's part of your inheritance. Don't think because you're not on the plane that you're not part of what's happening there. It's so important that you get involved and support what God is doing here and everywhere else. And on that point, I'd, I'd like to raise something that I picked up on the trip, and that is that we're we excited when we send people. We've just sent to Reno, We prayed for him, and we blessed him. And I want to ask you to make a decision in your heart not to forget about him. To contact him, to be in touch with him, to send him scripture, to send him word. Because often we're all excited when somebody goes, but then as time goes by, life happens. And we tend to forget about them. When I met Isabel over there, she's doing well, but in a certain way, she's lonely. Because we have a kind of family here That you don't just find anywhere else And once you've been used to this family It's very hard when you get, somewhere, get to another church And they're not quite the same They love one another, it's a beautiful church They're received as well All for Jesus is an amazing church But they don't quite have what we have here And sometimes we take this family for granted And, and yeah I, I want to say that it, let's not take one another for granted. Let's appreciate one another. But especially those that have left from here to can help another church or move because God needed them somewhere else, please stay in touch. An SMS now and then, a, a word of encouragement helps a lot because what happens is people leave here, they get to the other side, and suddenly they don't receive in the same way that they received here. And they are the ones now that have to give. And they, and they get drained by giving. And they need to be replenished and refilled. So I'm asking you, please, the people that we've sent, try and think back, not just now, but over the years, get in touch with them and encourage them. It's important. So... What I'd like to do for a moment, you you know, I can't do this without getting into the Word. We're going to get into the Word, okay? Uh, But I really felt to to take our experience and take the teachable moments from that and apply it, especially after that video we had that we were not on, but I'm not going to mention it. Um, (laughs) And in case the person who made the video is listening to this, I'm not offended, I'm not upset. (laughs) But there are some principles that we can learn. And I think after that video, it's it's clear that God is on the move across the world. And we don't have enough people that's trained up, that's got enough depth to go to all the places where we need them. So let's get our hearts ready. If we sang, we sang this evening, you're holy. And I, I mean, surely you felt the presence of God in that song. Surely you felt the presence of God. Now, Moses, when he responded to the holiness of God, he took his sandals off his feet. Now, that might be dangerous for some of you, but in the spirit realm, take the sandals off your feet. But there's one other thing I'd like you to take off as well, is your attitude. Because your attitude can stand between you And what God has for you. What I'm saying is, then we can't have moments like this where we worship God and we feel His presence, and there's no response other than jumping up and down. It's brilliant. I mean, this this time of worship was awesome, but the the real response is going to be the rest of the week. I still want to preach a sermon on the other six days of the week. Because sometimes we neglect the other six days of the week, and we just, we just all there on Sunday. But the worship time we're at now should catapult us into arranging our lives in such a way that we slot in with the gospel and not the other way around where we slot the gospel into our lives. We should be a people that love the gospel so much that we arrange our lives according to the gospel. That we arrange our leave times according to the gospel. That we arrange our savings, our finances, according to the gospel. So that God can use us here and anywhere else in the world. So God wants a response from his people. We have been blessed with awesome times of worship. But we cannot just remain here with that worship. I jokingly said we need to bottle it and take it out. You know, we can bottle it inside of you. And you can take it to the world. So, we got a prophetic word, or I had a prophetic dream in 2010. Now, some of you weren't born then. um, But in 2010, I had a dream, a vivid dream, of me, myself and Azalea going to Switzerland and helping a small church. Actually, back then, I I said to Azalea, I'm sure I'm going to plant a church there. But God gave me a dream that we were... um, Going to help the small church. And this small church has got a coffee shop. And I saw the coffee shop very clearly. It was a small coffee shop with yellow lights. And the yellow lights were shining out of the windows. And it was inviting. I mean, the, snowy, uh, 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 the snow on the roof and then these yellow lights. And that was the dream. So I got up the next morning and I said, it was the end in December uh, 2010. And I said to my wife and to our friends there at the camp, I said, we are going to Switzerland. And obviously, some of them said, "No, we don't think so." They just because they didn't see what I saw. And well, a year went by, nothing happened. Two years went by, nothing happened. But in my heart, I kept the dream that if God says something, He'll do it. So in 2012, God asked us to go and lead a church in Worcester. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It was interesting, God's sense of humor. But the day that we walked into the house that we wanted to rent, it was in August. The lady said to us as we walked into the backyard. It was against the mountain. There was snow on the mountain. She says to us, she said to us, this area is called Little Switzerland. I thought, like, okay, I got something right. I didn't question God. I just poured out my heart there. That's where God had me now, that's where I poured them out I didn't demand the real Switzerland I didn't demand, but you said that Lord You've got me here, that's where I serve now And honestly, we went to Worcester without a plan B Because that's where God wanted us We lived, we used to live about 50 or 60 meters from the beach Only God can move you from the beach to Worcester It's got to be God (laughs) Yeah, 60 meters from the beach, here to the carport. No, no, no. In the strand, where I lived. No, 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 no. no. It's not that kind of meters. Um, the point is that that I want to make is, I got a prophetic word, and sometimes we want to make a prophetic word work. There's timing involved. Sometimes we get obsessed with the prophetic word. Instead of getting intimate with the one who gave you the word. Intimacy with the Father. That's what you need once you got a word. Sometimes we just hang on the word. We've got a word and now we want to go. God had to do stuff in me before I was ready to go and help other people. So if your prophetic word hasn't come true yet, then it's not that other people didn't hear right. Maybe God is still busy with some character issues. Maybe God is still dealing with some things that you need to get right or need to get rid of. And our journey took all of 23 years. Sorry, 13 years. My my, my math isn't that good. I went to night school. Um, (laughs) And my best three years at school was in matric. Um, (laughs) God gave us a dream We didn't hint We didn't manipulate We just waited on God's timing But then something else needed to happen We needed to be obedient To the single steps God gave us to take So in Vista, I'm leading a church. I'm happy in my happy space. And God speaks to us about joining in with Josh Jen. And so, <clears throat> Andrew, I met with Andrew on the Tuesday night at the Cattle Baron. Somewhere there? No, 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 near the sea. The Cattle Baron, that way. And we decided, yes, uh, we'll, there. we're going to become... Josh Jen, within a week, <laughs> it was that quick. That Friday morning, Andrew phones me, and I didn't even have his number registered on my phone yet. So I answer, I say, hi, he says, oh, it's Andrew. He says, I just want to check if you're on the same page. I, mean, I didn't even know we had a book. It's like on the same page. He said to me, um, Sir so Clarence, we, we, we're going to announce you becoming a Josh Jen this Sunday. I'm like, yeah. He said, uh, but God says to me, I I feel God saying that you should step down from leading the church, hand the church over, um, and we'll announce that on Sunday. I had 30 seconds to decide my future. 30 seconds. And I asked him one question. I said, did I hear right? You feel God is saying this? He said, yeah. I said, then I don't have no... I've got no... uh, um, excuse. I've got no reason to say no because God said it. And in 30 seconds, I laid down everything I built up in 10 years. And then God says to us, uh, that's not enough. I don't want, just want you to hand over the church. I want you to leave your house in little Switzerland. That's standing on a 1,100 square meter plot. And your wife has designed the garden and she she, she's done everything there herself and I've renovated and did everything myself. And God said, I want you to leave that and go live in a garage that you've converted into a flat in Dana-Fontaine So that my purposes can be fulfilled. We heard that on the Sunday. By the Monday, it was sorted. I spoke to Kim, and by the Monday, we go in. We left our house, we left our children. And we moved to Danavontain into a renovated flat. Why am I telling you this? Because maybe you're not walking in the fullness of what God has for you because you haven't been obedient in the smaller steps that God has asked you to take. Because of the comfort zone. It's nice living in a big house. It's nice being settled among family and friends. But sometimes God's asking us to move on somewhere else. And the significance of us moving here was we're coming here and we're and we coming into a bigger family. We're coming to an amazing family. That includes you. And you know what? We meet a lady who landed here in 2010 or 2012. Got stuck in table view because God wanted her to wait until I got here so that we could minister to her, she gets breakthrough, and God asks her to go to Switzerland. I'm talking about Isabel. She had to wait from 2012 till when we got here so that the circle could be completed, so that she could hear our dream for Switzerland. And sometimes God puts holes on stuff, asks you to remain somewhere. It's almost like a connecting flight. When, when you fly in, you're praying that the flight will be the, the other connecting flight will be there, and you're so relieved when you land and you can get to the other flight so you can go somewhere else. And to me, that's a picture of that connecting flight. Sometimes you are put on pause because somebody else needs to come alongside you, get something from you, so they can be launched into their purposes. And sometimes when God pushes the pause button, we get frustrated. We don't see it as the hand of God. We question and we kick and we scream and we, we throw our toys out of the cot. Where's God in all of this? God is in control as He's always been. We need to be patient. And sometimes it calls for major obedience. Now sometimes you don't, you're not the one asking, um, being asked to go to the nations. I look at Isabel. She, I don't think that This church, PM, or All for Jesus, knows the magnitude of the role that she played to try and convince and speak to different people to get us to a place where God could use us in another nation. But, But there are many Isabels here. There are many of you here that God wants to use strategically in your workplace. Maybe just in the friendship circle. Maybe with somebody that you know. So you can put somebody in touch with that person and the purposes of God can be fulfilled. You're not always going to be the one getting on the plane. Settle that. Sometimes you're just the one introducing that person to the other person. But there's an investment from your side and there's a reward from God. You're involved in what's happening there. So please, I want to encourage you. If you're singing with us, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, then please be prepared to adjust your lifestyle so that you can slot in with the purposes and the plans that God has for you. You know, there's a person here, and it's just a word that drops must put it. You say it because you wanted to go on outreach? And God's saying, the moment is very, very close by for you to give that money to the right person who's going on the outreach. I needed an aim in there. <laughs> but you need to mean it, eh? Can you see how God can work? He's asked you to save. And you've got it ready and you think it's now time for me to go. And God said, okay, so you've got the right amount. Give it to so-and-so. Let them go. God can work like that through us. Are we ready for that? We're preaching a radical God. We're preaching a God who's awesome, who's big, and he's got no set ways. He, he does anything the way he wants to. And if you've been praying, God, use me, then be obedient and let him use you. So, yeah, we moved. Uh, we moved here. We met Isabel. Got connected with the, with the church in Switzerland. And I promise you, as we got excited to go, I got so sick that I could hardly walk. Last year, October, I was so sick, and I'm sharing this to show the goodness of God. I got so sick that we had to go on an eldest camp to Willowmore, the famous Willowmore. Willowmore is about three kilometers outside nowhere <laughs> after a day's drive. If you drive any further, you're past it. And everybody else left 6 o'clock that morning. 6 o'clock, I was still laying in bed. Couldn't move. Could only walk. My wife hasn't packed yet because I was that sick. By 10 o'clock or so, or 9 o'clock, I got up and I said to her, Why haven't you packed yet? We should go. Nazale said to me, I haven't packed because I felt that if I packed, we'd be going to your funeral. I was that sick. We got up and we went. It's, It's okay to die for Jesus, guys. Don't worry. We got up and we went. And on the way there, I got stronger by the minute. I got healthier by the minute. In the end, we drove from here 700 kilometers non-stop. We actually just stopped for bathrooms. We just went all the way. And at that, at that place, the eldership team ministered to us and spoke prophetic words. Life-giving words. And from there, my, our lives took... Actually, Mervis had, a, Mervis had a, a picture. I don't know if he can remember, but I can remember. He said, he said to me, no, 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 you're... I see this plane coming into land. he didn't know about what Azalea said. And he said, I see this plane coming into land. But as it comes into land, it gets instruction. It's not supposed to land now yet. And it just carries up, carries on and it lifts up again and it goes. That's his prophetic word to me on that trip. And that's what happened in our lives. We got new wind under our wings. Lifted up. And where in the past, my wife had to, when she walked with me in the mall, she had to walk a bit and then wait. Because I came behind her. Uh, on our last camp, I still, still use my, my, my stick. On this trip, at times, I had to wait for her. Yeah. <laughs> I, walked up, I walked up hills that I would never imagine of going up. I walked up a mountainside in the snow that I never imagined. It's the goodness of God. When you're obedient to what God wants you to do, there's nothing that can stop you. There's not even an excuse of, I'm not feeling well. Because we serve a God that heals, and He still heals today. <laughs> we have no excuse. We serve a God that provides in abundance. There's, there's, I promise you, you can come up with the best excuse for why you're not going to the nations. It's not good enough. If you believe, if you believe that He's holy and that he's, uh, that he's coming to fetch His bride, then we need to get the bride ready for His return. We need that. Can can already see I'm not going to get through all of this, so I'll just skip a few. But God gave me a strategy. So I want to tell you that not only did God send us, but He sent us on a mission with a strategy. Right? Um, it was an interesting strategy. Some people laughed when they heard what it was. As we told people that we are going to Switzerland, the first words of most people was, you know, Switzerland is a hard country. It's hard soil. It's going to be difficult to break in there. As a matter of fact, when I contacted the, the church over there, they warned me as well. They said, it's a hard country. But God gave me a strategy. God said to me, it reminded me of two things. Number one, in in Geneva, there is a statue of Freddie Mercury. Now the older guys know exactly who that is. Some of the younger guys go, Freddie who? (laughs) Freddie Mercury. And Freddie Mercury recorded all his records. Records, not CDs, records. In Geneva, in Switzerland. And as I read that, I remembered that I used to do a marriage seminar called The Great Pretenders. And it was based on the the words of that song, We Are The Great Pretenders. And actually the introduction to to the marriage seminar was a music video of Freddie Mercury jumping through one of these big paper stuff. And singing, we are the great pretenders. Because in reality, a lot of marriages look like that. And God said to me, I want, to use, I want you to use your marriage thing on we are the great pretenders. Have that ready. And I tell you, we ministered to marriages. God was right above that. As I said last week, we ministered to a couple that... Hasn't been to church for 10 years. They used to be in eldership. And they got a speed wobble and they didn't come to church for 10 years. And the latter part of the, the 10 years, they actually, their marriage fell apart. And they were on the verge of getting divorced. They were busy, they were separated already, getting divorced. And in comes the great pretenders. God gave me a second, I'll catch up with that now. God gave me a second word. The second strategy was... Isabel read somewhere, and then con- related to me, that there are people in Switzerland. They are so hard. They, 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 they've got money. They don't think they need to pray for God's provision because it's money. They, they've got everything sorted, first of all, country. But there are people in Switzerland that are open. When they leave the, the hospital, if they're sick, they get a business card of a healer. And they will phone a stranger to speak into their lives about their healing. And God said, I want you to be that stranger because they're open for that and that's the two things we did in Switzerland we ministered in terms of healing and we ministered into marriages and sometimes we have ministered into healing and it opened us the way to minister into marriages and like I said last week on my last Sunday preaching there this couple that was on the verge of separating and not in church for 10 years, walked into church for the first time in 10 years, hand in hand, as husband and wife, they have made a recommitment. They're actually now in the next few weeks going to do a renewal of their vows. That's how faithful our God is. What I'm saying to you is, when God starts speaking to you, listen to the whispers of God. Listen to what he's saying. On the other hand, I want to say, if God can heal marriages in Switzerland, he can heal marriages right here. We just need to admit that we are the great pretenders. We need to be open for God to put his finger on it and bring some healing. So God has... Some, one lady had, had fibromyalgia and... Uh, she asked if she could speak to me, and uh, we sat down and we, we we ministered in terms of the fibromyalgia and uh, how it's caused and, and how and we prayed for her, and and that opened the door to the healing of a marriage. One lady had Parkinson's, and she came. For, she was open, like I said, to for for prayer for healing, and she came and and asked, "Can we can we minister to her for the Parkinson's?" And 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 we did. But after a while, it shifted into a marriage. A husband who was in the study got up and came to join us. And in the end, we had a moment where husband and wife were repenting to one another, asking forgiveness for mistakes they've made. And right there and then, they basically renewed their vows to one another just spontaneously. And a marriage was put back together again. Now, all of that, all of that, you have a hand in. Because you guys backed us in our going. And God is moving across the world. But it can be far more effective if we are prepared to set the matters right in this building. If we are prepared to set the marriages straight. If we are prepared to set our healing issues or uh, the problems that we have to set that straight. to, To have inner healing. To have matters dealt with that has kept us back for so long. If we are prepared to submit to that. This church can be far more effective in changing the world for Jesus. And I stayed there, it was the first time that I preached in Russian, German, and English at the same time. It was amazing. It's amazing. It's easy to speak Russian. Sounds like a car with a broken silence. They're like That's all you do, and people get convicted, like, yeah, oh, please, me, 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 me. but they tried out a new app while we were there and I used it where I would preach in English and the phone would lay lay in front of me like that and there would be live on the spot translation happening and they could read it in their language and listen to it on their earphones and people heard me preach in Russian like live And, and the amazing part was nothing was lost in translation because at one stage the Ukrainian guy, who was a Ukrainian refugee, stopped me while I was preaching and asked me a question in Russian. And I could see it immediately in good English. And I I could stop right there and minister to them. And that man got breakthrough right there. God changed him inside out, right there. He was a total different guy when he got up after the meeting. God did amazing stuff. And there are people out there that's hungry. But there are people in here that are not prepared to lay down some issues so that more of us can get out there to preach the Word of God. There are hungry people out there. We assume this happens every Sunday. We can't just assume that. There are hungry people out there. People whose lives need to be touched by the Word of God. And for some of us, it's too much trouble to change into who God wants us to be. So I'm going to read that word because I can't preach without reading the Scripture. I've got to read the Scripture. While we, were, while we were over there, God, the other word God gave me as we went there was that we will break open fallow ground and, and that I should be praying at... Well's because I'm going to meet the woman at the well. We met several of them. At some other stage, come over to our house for coffee, and we'll share all about that. It's just not enough time. But we met that woman at the well about four or five times, different people, whose lives were changed, and they're running to their friends to say, "Come and see. Come and see that the Lord is good." When we go back, I'd like to go back with some of you guys. But when we go back. God has opened a door into another area about 100 kilometers away where I believe God's going to plant a church. I believe that soon there will be a church because something's happening there. And then a couple of hundred kilometers away, maybe 200 kilometers away, God put us in touch with the woman at the well again. And I believe that when we get back there, we will have conversations and we will minister. And in time to come, I believe God, we will have a presence there. Because God plowed open fallow ground. I promise you, every prophetic word that we got came to fulfillment because we allowed God to do the work. So I'm just going to read one verse and that's Luke 15, story of the prodigal son. I'm just going to read the verse, verse 32. And maybe in that verse we'll see, we'll see why it is that we are not prepared to change so that we also can have an effect in the nations. It says this in that verse. It says, The father is speaking after the eldest brother has moaned about the fact that he slaughtered the fattened calf. The father says, It is fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he's found. I believe the reason why people either don't get excited about the lost or not concerned about the lost is they don't understand the Father heart of God for the lost. Right there, the Father displays His heart. He says, when somebody is lost and they come back to me, we celebrate we, we slaughter the fattened calf, the, the most expensive one, the one, the special one, the one that we kept for that occasion, this is the occasion. And maybe locked up in that is the fact that we either don't understand the value of a soul, or we haven't really thought about how valuable is a soul to the Father. Because here the Father says, I will stop at nothing. To celebrate A backslider coming back Or an unsaved person getting saved I will stop at nothing I will celebrate with the best that I have And I have a sense That many of us Have not learned to celebrate Like the father celebrates When the lost comes in Often we ask Anybody want to get saved? Somebody puts up their hand And then we pray for them And there's no celebration no, just somebody got saved. Just by the way, what happened right now? Oh, great worship. Oh, the word was good. Um, oh, you know, somebody, somebody danced on the stage, and yeah, I think somebody got saved. If we have that attitude, we will not reach the lost. If we understand what it would cause, and Jacques, I was so hit in my heart when he said it. He said, if there was only one lost person on this earth, Jesus had to die for him. For one person, your soul is so valuable that if you were the only person on this earth, it would take the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. It would take the, the um, um, death of Jesus Christ on the cross to reconcile you to God for one person. And therefore, I believe, locked up in that, the reason why we don't celebrate or then sacrifice to reach the lost is we don't understand the Father heart of God for the lost. And the Father heart of God is locked up or or unlocked by intimacy with the Father. You see, often we we only focus on Holy Spirit. Often we only focus on Jesus. We only focus on on, on, on the other matters. But we serve a triune God. We serve a God who consists of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And if we had three doors here with Holy Spirit, Son, and Father on them, we ask some people, which door would you go through? There will be a lot of people going through the Holy Spirit door. There will be some going through the Jesus door, and there will be less going through the Father door. What they don't know is, the Holy Spirit door is connected to a passage that's connected to the Jesus door, and they're all connected to the Father door anyway. Because Jesus says, no one comes to the Father, but by me. And the role of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus, and the role of Jesus is to glorify the Father. I've come to this earth to glorify your name. That's what Jesus said. And Jesus is the signboard to the Father, not the destination. And we need to learn, we need to be disciplined into, yes, let the Holy Spirit guide and lead us, but He leads us and he, re- he reflects glory to Jesus, and we get to know Jesus and Jesus reflects glory to the Father. And locked up in us reaching the lost is understanding the Father's heart for the lost. So I want to just close with this and ask you, would you take time To get to know the Father? Would you take time to get to know what the Father feels for the lost? So that you can learn to celebrate and to sacrifice so that every lost soul is one for Jesus. It's not our job to give up or to judge if people will get saved or not. It's our job to tell them about Jesus so that they too can get to be intimate with the father. I, I pray that, that that verse we had up there will become reality in your life. I pray that that you will dig into that scripture and find what it is to have intimacy with God because if you don't have intimacy with God, you're going to find replacements for him. You're going to look for love in all the wrong places. You will, you will become religious. Because that's how people got to religion, and that's how they got to live the way they want to, because they haven't had the intimate moment getting to know the Father heart of God. I know for some of you it's difficult to speak about the Father because you had bad Father examples. But that's why I'm saying, if a church in Switzerland could be open to allow God to change them in their hearts and in their minds, than a church that has been exposed to so many good teachings, and people who has been exposed to the depth of worship that we go into, it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be hard for you to say, all to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. Take heart from this. God has done amazing stuff in Switzerland. God has... God has really, really broken through into lives of people. You were part of that. You're part of that. You invested there, and I'd like for you, I'd like for you to not just experience that, but experience the personal privilege of sharing the gospel with somebody.